think I was very much judged for the way that I looked and for my sort of appearance. And I have to be honest with you, I never thought that being a woman was a hindrance. And I always thought that if you assert your voice and if you make yourself heard, that things will be much easier. However, in the last couple of years, I've recognized this is far from the truth. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Catch-Ups in My Kitchen with me, Georgia Simmons, host of the podcast. Today we are joined by the amazing Rona Eskander, who is co-founder of Parla, our lovely sponsor. She's a cosmetic dentist with her own practice and she's a bit of an inspiration really when it comes to female empowerment. As I believe she's taken a profession, which is dentistry, which may not normally be considered as cool, sexy or fashionable, and has turned it into that. I have heard Rona on other podcasts before, and I was really, really excited to have her in the kitchen and talk about some really key topics, such as body confidence, how being a woman may hinder you in your career, pretty fit privilege, whether that's a thing whether it's not a thing, do you go with it? Do you fight against it? Restrictive eating, the effect that that can have on your body, on your mental health, on your confidence, on your teeth, and basically everything in between. This episode is packed full of so much value that you're really in for a treat. This was kind of like a mother's meeting on steroids where we kind of just spoke about so many hot topics that you hear online, so many topics that I think are really important to share. And all of these do lead back to wellness and how we can feel the best version of ourselves. So you're in for a treat. Please enjoy. And as always, have a lovely, lovely rest of your day. Rona, so great to have you in my kitchen. How are you? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm good. I'm cold. Battersea is colder than the rest of London. No, it's it's the river. It's the river. Yeah, I'm going to blame the river too. Definitely, definitely. Okay, to kickstart, do you mind giving me a quick elevator pitch? Who you are, what you do? Oh my gosh, you didn't give me any, <laughs> any like debrief on this before. So my name is Rona. I am a dentist based in Chelsea. I'm going to give you a brief summary of my story. I wanted to be a dentist since I was 12 years old. And the reason is because I come from a family of medics. I was always really inspired by what medicine could do for people my aunt was a dentist I went to a school in London that was very much very much geared up for the less academic children it was the children that were deemed to be more artsy good at drama good at theatre good at singing and all that stuff and it was so funny because when I think about it back then it was really shown as something that wasn't respected in a way you know I remember going for an interview and seeing the notes and goes not very bright but maybe good at drama like you know like oh like maybe she'll be good at this and it's not that impressive anyway I worked really hard and it was always that like adversity or people not believing in me that pushed me even further and I was academic well I was an academic I worked really hard to be academic I spent all my time in the library and I got the grades to get into dentistry and into dental school when I eventually did that, I also had to cover go over another hurdle because when I applied to dental school, people didn't want to take me on. And I think I was very much judged for the way that I looked and for my sort of appearance, which I later found out continued throughout life. But anyway, then 
after dental school, I didn't really fit into dental school. And then I struggled throughout that period and then found it really hard to find a job. Anyway, long story short, I ended up in an NHS practice in Kent. It was very much the drill fill pay the bill kind of dentistry wasn't the glamorous dentistry that you see me doing now but I lived with somebody that was doing amazing dentistry and I was really inspired and I thought how can I get to where he is so I spent all of my time and money on courses and spent the next two years practicing that dentistry on people that would let me you know let me do a white filling let me do a little bit bonding here built a portfolio CV dropped all over London to high-end NHS practices in London got a job on High Street Kensington my boss at the time was trying to sell the practice in Chelsea. It had changed hands like five times. I said, why don't I go work there? He said, are you crazy? Why would anyone work there without a patient list? I said, let me see if I can make it work. So I went to Chelsea. I built a list from nothing. It was seeing one patient a month. And basically the three eyes helped me. And that was Instagram, influencers, and Invisalign. So what I did was I really believed in Invisalign as a brand. I decided that I wanted to really push it because I thought it was a great product and also it done its own marketing. The influencer market was just booming them. One of the biggest influencers that impacted my life was Melissa's wardrobe. I don't know if you know her. Yes. So she's um, she's... Uh, also Stormzy's stylist and she came to me and I didn't know how massive she was but you know through her posts and another person called Beauty in the blog I basically became fully booked for like six months had this roller coaster effect and then I eventually bought the practice um, off my boss in 2020 and now we are a team of 23 people and we've just undergone a refurb so that's it that's I my mean, story wow 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 oh, thanks, thanks so thanks. much to unpick on all of that and we're going to get into it in more detail but before we do I have a quick fire round, just to quickly warm sure, up go before for it. we go into go more detail. It. Right, so sweet or savory? Savory. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Overloaded salad, ofs. <laughs> go to cuisine? Uh, Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to change my Lebanese. That's my one. Yeah, well, well I'm half Lebanese, so there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Food. Cook in or eat out? Eat out. And what's your favorite delivery? Lebanese I order something from Renouche just because it's the oh. only Lebanese that I know it's like tabbouleh for two all that stuff yeah Delicious. yeah although I feel like you can never get it for one I like to share it with someone 100% like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly exactly so that career journey you just mentioned is so aspirational did you feel like being a woman ever held you back during that This is something that I feel incredibly passionate about. And I have to be honest with you. I never thought that being a woman was a hindrance. And I always thought that if you assert your voice and if you make yourself heard, that things will be much easier. However, in the last couple of years, I've recognized this is far from the truth. And although we have become far, we haven't come far enough. Interestingly, I just posted something on my Instagram today. I don't know if you saw, and it's this whole debate about how, you know, there are so many things, these prejudices prejudices that go on within the work industry, for example, whether it's maternity leave, why there's so little female CEOs, why women are gaslighted into believing they're given opportunities, but they're actually not. You know, there's all these issues that are still going on. And for me, I think that although I have been celebrated as being a strong woman, I have also stepped down. I have to be honest with you, I've stepped down because I have been bullied, belittled, browbeaten into believing that something is my fault when it's not, or being made to believe that I'm just, you know, 
uh, an asset which is good for advertising or for commercials or something like that you know and it's hard because even within the dental industry you know sometimes when I get asked to speak for example they say would you like to speak about social media you know as if like you're not good enough to talk about anything else do you see what I mean you know and I for me it's just like a little subtle thing like oh we're going to give you a platform but not to talk about the academic things or about the monetary things or about financial things because you know you're obviously good at like attracting people because you you can do the looking good part you know so completely so I really think you know we've got so far to come um as females I mean I don't know how you feel like being within the podcast industry, whether that's something that is female dominated, not female dominated. I think, I don't know. No, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. And I, for me personally, I feel like, so for example, today we met up downstairs in the coffee shop. We have a little chit chat. We come up here, we record, and then we'll probably have a little chit chat afterwards. I have noticed when I have a chit chat with people before the podcast compared to after, and with men in particular, the conversation we have before is very, very, very different to the conversation we have afterwards. Mm. And that is because I'm not taken very seriously. They see me, they see young blonde girl, mm. probably a bit thick. How's this conversation gonna go? Mm. Let, and then I've had people sit here and be like, so remind me, what's this, what's this podcast about? And I'm like, okay, wow. So not only do you not really wanna be here, but yeah. you haven't actually done any, not that you have to spend ages researching, but like, you know, and then the conversation afterwards is like, oh, actually, she did understand what was going on. She did ask some quite intelligent questions. Oh, she's not as thick as I thought. Yeah. So actually, like, yeah, judging a book by its cover happens quite a lot. And I had a business beforehand, and I know that, like, over the phone, I would come across sounding quite young. Yeah. And then you're not taken as seriously, and you're a girl. And so all those things I've definitely, definitely felt and definitely had. And I think you're right. We do have a long way to go. And what about in the dentist industry? Like when you kind of bought that practice, were you kind of, did you feel a bit like, am I, have I got right to have this? Did they, did people look at you and like, why are you buying the practice off, off your uh, former boss? Like what was, did you feel? The response. Yeah. Oh, the immediate response was daddy bought her that practice. And you know, they don't know as well. Like my father, he came to the UK as an immigrant when he was 20 years old with 30 pounds in his pocket, put himself through medical medical school. And there's this whole thing about like an immigrant mindset that when you come from a certain family, it's instilled in you to work very hard. And I definitely am someone that's lived through that whole experience. And when I bought my practice, there were so many comments that my dad had bought my practice. And I tell you one thing, yeah, my dad paid for my education up until university and then instilled in me, I am working really hard to put you through private education. And then at university, I had to do everything on my own. And, you know, he never helped me through any of those times. Of course, he helped me with advice, but I worked hard. It's my savings, it's loans that were gained. It was my blood, sweat and tears that got me to where I am today. But people always try to believe, you know, that it's luck or it's like family money or something like that. And like, don't get me wrong. Even if you do have those things, it doesn't mean that you don't have a right to be successful. Arguably, even if you come from a family from wealth, it's even harder for yourself to prove yourself, you know? They call about, they talk about these Nepo babies. I don't know if you've seen it, you know, so like 
if you are born, if you're the child of a supermodel, I don't know, Cindy Crawford's daughter, you know, and they say, well, and then you get a campaign for Chanel, you know, they say, well, because your mum's Cindy Crawford. And there might be an element of truth, but at the same time, you know, that person still within their own right can try to be successful or try to work hard, you know, that you can't, you can't control the circumstances that you're born in, you know, but ultimately what I don't like is people spreading misinformation about what you've done. People get to where they get to, a lot of them because of hard work. And yeah, sure, luck does have an element to play in it, but it doesn't guarantee your success. No, completely. And luck only gets you so far. Yeah. Hard work gets you yeah. the rest of the way. And I think you're right. Like if you have got someone to look that you look up to, who is in your family, for example, then you're like, oh my God, I've got to do what they've done or more. Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge pressure. So I think you're right. Like every circumstance is different and every circumstance has pros and cons. But I think, yeah, hard work gets you there at the end of the day. And without that, you can't get to where you have got to right now. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, discipline will get you um, get you to places where motivation can't and it's that hard work right it's the discipline of getting up every day you were just telling me like you get up you do your podcast you know you're like it's the consistency and mm-hmm. that discipline even when you're not feeling motivated that will get you to the places that you want to get to a hundred percent yeah hundred percent so I feel like when I kind of was looking at your platform and looking I feel like you have kind of like paved the way for like women in cosmetic dentistry that's oh, how thanks. I see you like you've been on this morning <laughs> you've been on these women like you've been on some incredible incredible shows and I feel like when you're doing that do you feel imposter syndrome do you feel like you know how are you feeling deep down because you, you come across so confident no and that. but I get, you know, deep down, how do you feel? Look, I'd be lying to you if I said that I felt this, like, deep sense of security every time I do those things. And I think one of the saddest things is is that you've got men that are against you to a certain degree and then there's also women that are against you as well and I think that it's really hard and I'm a huge advocate of being a cheerleader for other women and what I've recognized unfortunately within the dental and medical space in fact I did a big shoot for a a very famous magazine on Saturday and she said to me I'd never experienced anything as how bitchy the aesthetic industry is and you know she has seen how doctors or professionals will slate each other within the dental within the industry and I think you know if you think about it naturally we're quite competitive you know because to get into those professions is really difficult so you're naturally a bit more competitive but what I found awful is that that people will step on your toes they'll throw you under the bus and you know those are not values that I adhere to in any way in any sense or form so yes I do get imposter syndrome and I think that that's compounded by the effect that people don't give me the validation that I need not saying that I need that validation of like oh gosh you're amazing but more like we see you working hard and like I'm proud of you and that's what I do for so many people that I see you know like just that sort of thing like we know we see how you are trying to change things or pave the way but you know what's important to me is that I still have my community that know what I'm doing Mm. which helps but I think yeah imposter syndrome is definitely something that that has been part of my life for a long time yeah this episode is brought to you by parlor the sustainable solution to all your oral care needs we are now at the start of a new year which is a perfect time to make some small changes in order to live more sustainably our toothpaste tubes and mouthwash bottles are not recyclable and not biodegradable so every toothpaste tube you've ever used still exists on the planet today which is mind-blowing 
So whether you're looking for some high gloss whitening toothpaste or mouthwash with probiotics inside, Parlor is the answer. And by using Georgia Simmons, you can get 10% off your first order by heading to www.parlortoothpastetabs.com or clicking the link in the show notes. Make a purchase, make a small change, and that will have a huge impact on the environment. Now let's get back to the episode. The whole like women judge you more than men is crazy. And I was thinking about this and I was like, it's actually so true. Like, for example, I started my business and I was quite young to start it. I was 23. Okay. And you know, if a if a guy starts his business, everyone's like, well done, mate. Well done, mate. Proud yeah. of you. Great, great work. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. If a girl starts a business, the friends are a bit like, oh, oh. So, you know, and yeah. I didn't feel as supported in some ways as I know a guy would feel. Yeah. Or be supported. And I think that actually girls can be quite bitchy and quite judgmental yeah and I think it's actually crazy and even aesthetically you know you walk outside your door and you think that guy's gonna judge you but a girl will probably judge you more than the guy and this whole concept is is crazy you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't and I think that that's the really sad thing and you know to be honest with you I try to think really long and hard about why that is why there's that sense of competition you know and there's been women tell me you know other women have said this about you or said that about you and I find it completely crazy that women feel that they need to be in competition with each other and you know I've gone as far as to like look at like evolutionary psychologists for example say is it a survival of the fittest is it because we're subconsciously on some genetic DNA level looking for a mate or a male and you know we've got to compete with each other is it the patriarchy? I have no idea what the answer is, but all I know is is that you actually get nowhere because when I empower other women, I get more empowered and we help each other and we go into the space of collaboration which benefits both of us. So that's for me really important. Mm, no, completely, completely. So I want to touch on body confidence. Now I listened to your summer series with Shivani oh, on Millennial Mind, which I loved. Oh. And you mentioned that there wasn't a single day that goes by without you thinking that someone's judging your body. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, like, that's mad. Talk about this because, again, <laughs> you are so confident, gorgeous, amazing smile, obviously, which we'll go on to in more detail in a minute. But, um, yeah, talk about this kind of thought process. <sighs> okay, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I grew up in London I grew up in a very multicultural society in London it was like a very diverse like London school I went to school with Jamila Jamil that's just one thing you know we went like my school was full of like these vibrant confident women all different shapes and sizes all different ethnicities and then I went to Leeds University and at Leeds University I went to the Harry Potter halls as they call it and a lot of people were from boarding school and that was the first time in my life I'd really been introduced to the notion of an eating disorder I recognized how much disordered eating there was and there was almost this sort of like default thinking with the girls that I was around and for the first time in my life I was having comments about my body and that was in the era where 
Kim Kardashian wasn't fashionable, J-Lo, Beyonce, you know, I've got a Middle Eastern figure of like a small waist, big bum, all that kind of thing. So it was the 90s, right? I mean, the 2000s, you know, everyone wanted to look at Kate Moss. Mm-hmm. So there was suddenly scrutiny. At that time, I got asked to do modeling and there was all these comments about me needing to lose weight and looking a certain way and this whole diet culture and being in fashion shows with some girls that were like just eating an apple a day and then I slipped into this like disordered eating mindset and I think that you know for me I was looking at my body and pinching body parts you know because that's what everyone was doing around me and I think you know that mindset stuck with me for a really long time and although I recovered you know I never was serious enough to end up in hospital or nothing ever happened to my body physically wouldn't say it was an eating disorder I'd say it was disordered eating you know it was just very conscious with calorie counting and skipping meals and over exercising and then I got to a stage where I couldn't do it anymore and then you go into the real world and then putting on weight you know was a really difficult part as well for me like understanding my new body and accepting and recognizing I was moving into a healthier stage but I think those comments always stuck with me and I think the media and the fashion and beauty industry still instill that I do think we've come a very long way because thank god for those women even you know in the bodybuilding space or in the fitness space that you know like talk about improving your body and exercise for your mind you know and health not just to lose weight but for me I think when you've gone through something like that it never completely leaves you and that's just me being totally transparent I've never spoke about this to anyone by the way so this is me just being totally honest about it yeah completely and first of all thank you for being so honest about it but I agree and I've spoken to a few people on here about kind of unhealthy relationships with food and I've asked the question do you ever think it goes and sometimes people say yes I disagree. Yeah, me I don't too. think it ever goes. Yeah, I think, and this could mean even mean you have the thought, but you push it away. Exactly, and that's because you've you've learned to push it away, yeah. and you've learned to have that strength, and you know the right thing, but you still have the thought, thought. and that yeah. thought will always enter your head. And I yeah. think I agree. Social media is a much better place now. Mm-hmm. I think you go online, and it's more refreshing. Yeah. to see what people are sharing yeah. and. Is lovely and TikTok as well is a lot is a rawer form of content. I yeah, think yeah, it's not yeah, as yeah. kind of perfect as Instagram was or maybe sometimes still is. Yeah, yeah, I think it's great to see people being a lot more authentic and real. Um, but yeah, on the topic of disordered eating yeah. and restrictive eating from an oral care perspective, I love this topic because I think when girls think about the fact that you know they're losing weight or they're trying to be restrictive yeah. and it can have a massive impact on your fertility it can have a massive massive impact on your body shape when you get older but what about your teeth huge impact so bulimia is obviously the one that's the most obvious bulimia is obviously classified as people making themselves sick after binge eating usually or after a meal and it's that acid that touches the teeth that dissolves the enamel what's worse is that people might immediately brush after they've been sick so they brush the acid into their enamel further stripping away the enamel and then exposes what we call the underlying dentine which is more yellow in color and more sensitive and once you're down to the dentine because it's much softer you're closer to the nerve and the teeth become shorter more painful so not only do you have the aesthetic problems but you have the risk of nerves dying the teeth becoming shorter and then long term you might need things like veneers crowns composite bonding all that stuff and if you don't if the habit still persists then those restorations could also fail so you're in this cycle 
obviously as well if you're in that restrictive eating you're not getting the right nutrients for gum and teeth health which could impact you in different ways um, or you know trying to satisfy yourself with bursts of sugar which could cause decay for example so it's really important you know nutrition is a really important part of your entire body the mouth is the gateway to the gut as well uh, as you know with parlor our oral probiotic mouthwash means that you know you're getting the good bacteria going and good bacteria in your mouth is directly linked as well to the gut so it's really really important that you're looking after yourself from the nutrition point of view and also like an oral health care point of view completely and I mean I always think about this when it comes to like restrictive eating and eating disorders I think you know you just you currently think about the aesthetic and like the the first like the 1d side mm-hmm. but actually it is three-dimensional there's so many different yeah. parts that affect your body and teeth is a massive one and yeah. you only have one pair of teeth exactly so they like, don't grow they don't grow way, yeah so like i always think about this and i'm like i don't think it's communicated enough the impact that your diet has on your teeth yeah for sure and also how important your smile and your teeth are like you said like your mouth is the first stage of your whole digestive yeah. system it affects your gut and everything and yeah. also that smile like it's so special and important that to have a to have that be affected 100%. is just yeah is crazy so parlor let's talk about parlor so firstly it's amazing that you guys sponsored the podcast that's super exciting um so why why parlor we had dr simon chard on here as well yes so we have heard a bit about it but i'd love to hear more from you in terms of why parlor is so important to you so parlor was obviously created by my co-founders and i and you know we put a love a lot of love and care into it for us we wanted to provide a oral care solution that not only looks after your health but also doesn't damage the environment i uh, sure dr simon's talked to you about the sustainability aspect and how important it is and how toothpaste tubes take 500 years to decompose so we wanted to provide a solution which was completely sustainable, so not greenwashing. I'm sure you know a lot about that, you know, yeah. because it's sold in reusable glass jars and the refills come in compostable bags. Also importantly, as I told you, I suffer from an autoimmune disorder, so getting the right ingredients was really important for me to ensure that people are looking after their body. Like, I really think we're getting more and more autoimmune problems and things like that because of the chemicals that we're using. Before we started this podcast, you were telling me that you had a friend that avoids microplastics, for example. And genuinely, I think it's the accumulation of those things that have had a detrimental effect to our health. So it's really important that the right ingredients are on there. And Parla isn't just about putting the ethical ingredients, but adding those ingredients to enhance your health. Like I just said, the probiotics, the hydroxyapatite and the toothpaste tablets. So you know that was really important for all of us completely and I think being a challenger brand like is a chance to actually challenge the norm yeah which sounds obvious but like toothpaste everyone just thinks it cleans your teeth but yeah. like why can't I do more than that yeah 100%. I mean, you do it twice a day yeah like, why can't we do why can't we add more to that yeah. process yeah and so how has it been launching parlor because obviously you're trying to slightly change people's habits that they might have had for a long long time and like I mentioned that I had greedy vegan before and that again was trying to change people's habits and it is quite difficult especially we mentioned the current climate right now it is really difficult because people are being a bit more careful in their purchasing decisions and purchasing choices so how have you found Parlor Journey? So the journey has been incredible you know we obviously started as three friends together and you know I remember starting in the back of Adarsh's 
office and you know like coming up with these ideas and if you saw the first prototype of our jar we're like it was so ugly you know (laughs) but you will go through that journey and then obviously early on in our journey we got asked to be on Dragon's Den once being featured on Plastic Free July Dragon's Den was one of the most incredible experiences of my life you know they don't tell you that you're in there for like three hours Simon and I were totally put apart during the Dragon's Den experience because it was COVID so we couldn't be in the same room so like yeah so you were super scared then we were in there, we were grilled by the dragons. Then obviously we turned down the two offers and this bit with me going, take the deal. And Simon was like, they want too much. And we're like, yeah, she wants too much. And then coming back together. And obviously since then, it's been such an incredible journey, launching into some of the major supermarkets, uh, getting the B Corp, etc. And, you know, as you said, it's a really difficult thing. But as I said on Dragon's Den, we never imagined that people would use reusable bags. You know, we thought people would constantly use plastic bags. We never thought people would be using reusable um, water bottles. But, you know, we changed changing the habits of a lifetime and you know with parlor that's exactly what we aim to do you know we're here to make you know to impact next generation oral care so completely i think we can change yeah we want to change but it's just kind of like it does take a tiny bit of time and it's just like being that little bit patient but i think i had an event in september and parlor products were in all the goodie bags amazing and there's a lot of people who have said oh my god like my boyfriend loves the mouthwash and Amazing. like he's stolen it from me and, I and I'm like oh this is so great but it just shows that giving it to people giving them like no excuse but to use it yeah. they're like oh this is really cool and I yeah. think also we live in an aesthetic world we want our bathrooms to look nice yeah, yeah. and parlor looks so far by the kitchen yeah, sink definitely matches all the Aesop and the Labo doesn't it, it? Does, yeah. it does it fits perfectly yeah. so yeah no I love it so what is kind of next for Parlor in terms of like product? Can you say anything? Can you not? Like Not yet, not yet. Okay. But watch this space, you know, because as I said, we're really here to impact next generation oral care, not just in the toothpaste sense. Okay. And so for us, we are really focusing on the next generation. So really exciting things are happening, but we can't say obviously yet. So just watch the space. Keep watching out for what we're doing. Okay, amazing. So back to kind of what we were talking about before about like women, privilege, bodies. I want to talk about pretty fit privilege. I saw a video on this recently that you were in yeah. and I was like, oh my God, this is not spoken about. Like, enough. Enough. Let's talk about I'm going to be honest with you, right? You are the epitome of what people would call pretty privilege, yes. right? You are what we'd say a white cis female, okay? That yeah. has obviously, you know, comes from a good education, a good background. But as I said to you at the beginning of the conversation, I think you have a much harder job of proving yourself to the world than someone like me, okay? Sure, I have the things about being a woman and stuff like that, you know, but, you know, there's other disadvantages that I've had being born into being a brown woman, for example, you know, that allows people to have empathy for me to a certain degree but it's become more difficult for women like you and I'm just telling I'm putting you on the spot you know it it is and definitely and you know I have a friend of mine Alice she's beautiful blonde blue-eyed incredible singer incredibly talented and you know she's one of these people that should be topping the charts she's in LA she's got um, Universal as an agent and she has found it really difficult because actually people are not taking her up as much because she's not really in fashion if that makes sense because people want something so different so it's even harder for herself to have her voice heard metaphorically speaking and in the sense of her being a singer so for me there's a lot of empathy that goes with that uh what I what I was talking about specifically as well in that podcast I was with Amy Neville again who's my very beautiful patient and that works in, in fashion and uh 
Payman, my co-host, said, you know, pretty privilege is definitely a thing. And you guys have got to where you are because of the way you look. It's helped you or it's hindered you. You know, it can go either way. Mm. So I think that's a really important thing that people may listen to people that they find more attractive or they may not believe them because they're more attractive. And I, I don't know. I'm obviously like going to put the like microphone to you now because okay. I'd love to know your views. But I think one of the really important things that I recognize, it's very different in the UK compared to America. So I find in America, if you show incredible confidence and you show incredible ambition, you are praised and people say, go on. And they like to put people, the American dream harnesses and motivates those people. Whereas in England and arguably Europe as a whole, if you show that or you're like too attractive, for example, you're put down Mm -hmm. and it's like, get back in your box, be humble, don't boast, don't recognize your worth, you know? And I feel that people critique more that person than what they perceive to be, for example, rags to riches or not so attractive Mm. that's just a personal view and I might be wrong completely agree with you completely agree with you god there's so much on this I would say for me personally I think you've got to recognize it and you either have a choice to go with it or to not and I think I would say I've gone with it like did it bother you at any point no 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 I think I'm like, okay, I have been, I'm lucky enough or I've been privileged to be blonde and blue eyes. And so I'm not going to use it to my disadvantage. I'm going to use it to my advantage. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to, but I also think it's going to sound really ridiculous, but like honesty, kindness, and being a nice person plays massively into that. If you're bitchy and horrible and like, like, too big for your boots I think sometimes you can be that's that's not good and that that shows and you can be dragged down for that but like if you're a genuinely nice person and you're working really really hard and yes you're going with being blonde and you're going with the privilege and using it to your advantage why wouldn't you other people use things to their advantages I don't know let's say Brooklyn Beckham is doing cooking on Instagram can he cook? Probably not. But he's using the fact that he's got Beckham as a surname yeah. to get likes on to his To do something pitches, in his to life. To do something. Good on you. Yeah. Good yeah. on you. You're, you're, and I think you've got to you use what you've got. And like, if that's, yes, it can be bad. Yes, it can be good. And people might say, oh, you've only got there because of X, Y, Z. Well, at least I've got her eventually. You know, I think at least I'm doing something. At least I'm doing something. I could be sat down and thinking, oh, well, it'll come. It won't come. Do you know what? So again, sorry, I don't mean to sort of put it back, but that's what I was talking about again on my podcast, um, on my social media today. So again, I reposted um, Alice, um, Ashley Louise James. Uh, she's also a friend of mine and she was on Good Morning Britain and what she was talking about on there was the fact that she was really upset and riled up because uh, someone had gone and said that uh, Carol Vorderman was talking about politics and when you go on her Instagram she's just um, boobs and brains and it was like those things are mutually exclusive and you can't really like insinuating can't be an attractive woman and intelligent so I like I basically discussed this debate on my social media and I'm like what do you guys think and it's really interesting to see the responses and so many women feel infuriated because they do feel that men adhere to a certain stereotype and talking about the blonde blue eyed thing like we also can think of women that would adhere to being a bimbo for example 
was what I'm saying because mm. they're like okay like I can be a bit of a pick me girl or I can be the woman that men over sexualize or whatever and like look if they want to do that that's completely their choice I respect everything that everybody wants to do but it was just quite interesting to see how people think right as well and I have to admit for example before understanding Pamela Anderson and how she was a very intelligent woman I thought she was just a pinup girl because that's what society and the media portrays her to be this Baywatch woman and when you read her book or listen to her audio or any interview she's an incredibly intelligent sensitive woman mm. but as a society again we need to make progress it's not two mutually exclusive things you can be intelligent and attractive you know it's not like it's one or the other yeah a hundred percent I think I think also you could use it to your advantage, but in a really smart way. Yeah. And I think that's fine. Like, Angela Lawson, for example. Yeah. You know, she's got to where she's got to because of the way that yeah, she communicates. And moves with the camera. And moves with the camera. Yeah. And you know what? Good on her. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. You've got to where you've got. And you can say what you like about it, but you up there doing that, it's probably, it's hard yeah, doing yeah, all these 100%. different things. To turn up every day, to present yourself every day, yeah. to look a certain way every day. Yeah. And the fact that she's chosen to do that and make it work for her, I'm like good on you. I am proud to announce that I am now an affiliate of Huel. If you have made some New Year's resolutions to start the year, such as getting more protein into your diet or eating a hearty and healthy breakfast, Huel may just be the answer. I love having my fridge stocked with Huel for those mornings where I'm on the go or if I have a podcast recording and want to grab something without making my kitchen messy, Huel is always my go-to. After having James Collier on the podcast, I can confirm that when they say each bottle is nutritionally complete and that each bottle contains 26 of your essential vitamins and minerals, they are right. My go-to flavor is chocolate and vanilla. So if you want to start adding some healthy habits into your everyday, place your Huel order today. Click the link in the show notes and place your order. Honestly, I love having my fridge stocked with these products. It's easy, convenient, and also super delicious. Let's get back to the episode. But I do think also as a woman, just on that, like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, as I earlier said, because people will criticize her for doing that. And then they'll criticize someone for not doing that, like for looking Mm. like a mess. And then they'll criticize you. Have you ever seen that really famous, I bring it up with Shivani all the time, that really famous interview, not interview, a video with Cynthia Nixon, Be a Lady, they said. I've heard of it, I haven't seen it Oh my it, gosh, though. I've got to send it to you. Okay. So be a lady, they said, you know, like your dress is too small, your shirt is, you're, it's like don't eat too much, you're too th- don't eat too much, you're getting fat, you know, you're too thin, like you cannot win. Like whatever we do, you cannot win. And I think one mm. thing that I'm recognizing as I get older is just do you because you'll never satisfy. If you lose weight, you're too thin. If you put on, you're too fat. If you only eat salads, don't be on a diet. If you're eating meat, you should be eating a salad. Do you know what I mean? Like, we can't do everything. And I think that that's the most difficult thing. And I think it's so heavily ingrained in society that they don't recognize that they are constantly projecting their expectations. And we can never meet these expectations. Completely. And like a similar video I've seen is about your 20s. And this is different, but similar. It's kind of like... We want to grow up, we still need our mum. Like, we want to go and experiment, but we need to have a yeah, full-time job yeah. and, like, earn our money. We want to be single, but we need to be in a relationship because we're coming up to the point where we need to get married soon. And it's a similar thing where it's, yeah. like, we want this, but we need to do this and this, that and the other. And, like, you say, just do you. I think that yeah. is definitely the best yeah, method. Yeah, Although very hard. Yeah. And sometimes it's easy to overthink it all. But, yeah, I I completely agree with you. Yeah. So I now want to kind of bring it all back to kind of dentistry and cosmetic dentistry and also growing on social media and online. So I feel like 
dentistry might not have ever been considered a glamorous job and you mentioned you had some jobs in the past when you were younger that were very like box standard NHS dentistry but like I feel like you really embody like making it a very cool sexy fun glamorous job but I think you have definitely done that and I think a lot of women or girls would look up to you and think I want to be a dentist because that looks incredible and I don't think before maybe people would have thought that yeah so how has it been kind of growing your social media presence online and kind of pushing dentistry in that way you've mentioned you've got a podcast kind of about mental health and dentistry yeah. so you're really putting dentistry on the map in areas where like it may not have been on the map yeah. before thank you so much so how has that been you know difficult but like for example like you can already tell like I obviously like I'm a bit like fashionable and you know those things were things I had to play down because when I didn't get into dental school my first interview was because I was dressed pretty much like this and they I they definitely judged me and there was feedback about that at the time before like wokeness came about you know they were they were probably a bit too honest so in the second interview I literally wore a black suit no makeup like acted like I wasn't who I am and in the end I got the interview and I felt like I constantly had to play down who I actually was in dentistry and then I didn't get a job and the same thing everyone in my year got a job I had the grades I had the accolades why didn't I get a job and I was so downtrodden because I knew it was because of my personality or because of the way that I looked or both so it's always been difficult now I think that even in today's environment I find it really difficult to get on with other healthcare professionals if I'm completely honest with you within the dental sphere or the medical sphere because they just don't get me and my mind is actually much more creative like I'm not somebody that likes doing the numbers I'm not somebody I look at powerpoints and excel and I hate it and I get really overwhelmed you know my mind is probably more like yours you know I love talking to people I love understanding the psychology of how people work I love the creativity of putting content together or doing clips or things like that so social media was a savior for me in a sense because it allowed me to express myself in my artistic form rather than just being that medical person now do I get a lot of criticism of course I do people still are like why is she doing this why is she why is she wearing I don't know a two-piece floral outfit on Instagram why she you know got red copper hair you know all this stuff but that's me because as we know your fashion is a creativity and expression of who you are so I've tried to be myself now I do think it's attracted a lot of amazing clients because they feel like they know me and they feel like they trust me and they like my transparency and they like the way I am online but also on the negative side of things they do feel like a bit over familiar and sometimes they want me to be their friend and you have to have that boundary of being the professional as well because somebody's instilling their trust in you to take care of their teeth and their health Mm. so for me that's been like a little bit of a challenge I also think that social media by nature and I'm sure it is within the podcast world jealousy happens right people become competitive you have people that are watching you but they're not cheerleading you that are trolling you and you know they're much closer to you than you you think they are so I think there's been those different elements within social media and dentistry but now it's great to see a lot of gen z dentists doing a better job than i am they got on the tiktok space they understand that content better but i also think it's important that you're true to yourself like i'm sure there are times where you're like i could be very controversial or do something say something outrageous for to make a podcast video go viral but you know that according to your values it's not true to you Mm. so that's what I keep reminding myself I'm like but I'm not like my my following's been great but my engagement's got really low in the last year but I think that's because the type of content that's trending or favored by the algorithm 
is not what I do. And I just mm. think, well, you know what? That's okay. Because even if I have 100 or 200 people there, that's good enough for me. You know, if yeah. you've impacted someone's life on that level, that's totally enough for me. Definitely. I think if you've got a strong why for why you're doing it, then that's all that matters. Yeah, and exactly. If your why is to grow online, then yes, that will make... Yeah, exactly. Then is your content authentic? Yeah, exactly. Not. Yeah. Whereas like for you, it's kind of giving you that kind of space to be more creative. Yeah. And I think it's probably worked in your favor in a way to be that creative person because people like your clients probably thinking, oh, a girl that I can just have a little chit chat to, like maybe they don't want to go to the dentist, yeah. maybe they're a bit more... I don't know, dreading the experience. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go to Verona. We're going to have a great chat about yeah. her latest, you know, brand that she's loving or yeah. like where she went shopping on the weekend or her plans or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. and make it more of an experience. Because like I was telling you before that I would go and see Bella downstairs yeah, and like I love Bella. seeing her like gorgeous, funky Crocs under oh, her yeah, outfit yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, she's so fab. cool. She's yeah, so cool. cool. Yeah. So like we can then have a chit chat and it just makes the experience better rather than going in, having the appointment, leaving. So I guess And having like, that like old angry man underneath a lab coat. Yeah, you know, literally. yeah, literally. And you feel like, I can't speak, I can't be like honest. And I yeah. think, you know, you're having someone work on your teeth, your smile, your, it's your personality. Yeah. Personally for me, like I'm naturally a smiley person. So yeah. like my teeth have always just been everything. Yeah. So like having that relationship with someone who's working on your teeth is so nice. But it is interesting because I think social media has given you the kind of platform to express the other dimension of what your what your job might not have like shown yeah of course so I think that's that's really nice and I think yeah I think people have probably really resonated well with yeah, that yeah exactly definitely so I'm gonna bring it all back to food again Amazing. so we've mentioned like you had that awful moment when you're a bit more restrictive and now like it's all back to normal what's your relationship with food now my relationship with food is that I love food in the sense that I come from a Middle Eastern background. As you know, like Lebanese food is extremely nutritious. My mum's a nutritionist. So I grew up really understanding about what is in certain foods. But unfortunately, with a really strong insight to calories, because my parents talked about it a lot, just because my mum's a nutritionist, like this has this grams of this and this grams of that and this vitamins, etc., etc. But for me, I'm very picky about what I put into my body. I love fruit and veg. I love just good, nutritious food. But also, I don't like to abuse food. What I've realized is balance. Like, for example, when I was in a restrictive phase, I wouldn't eat chocolate for like three months and then binge on loads of chocolate. Whereas now, I have chocolate every day. I love sweet stuff. And I have a little bit. And having a little bit every day has mean that I don't binge. Like, I rarely binge now, which has been such a huge milestone in my life. I'm a bit of an emotional eater though. I'm not one of these people that, you know how people get anxiety and lose their appetite? I get anxiety and start stuffing my face because mm. I just need it. Like the food sort of is self-soothing for me. And I think we've become a society of massive self-soothers. And, you know, I don't drink. I don't take drugs. I've been teetotal my entire life. Oh and that's God. out of choice. Not like I'm Christian, so it's not like religion or anything like that. My parents drink, my sister, everyone, my partner... Um, I never liked the taste of alcohol I just didn't so I went through a whole of uni like not drinking I've got an addictive personality so I never wanted to experiment with drugs or anything like that um, but so for me I guess like everyone needs that outlet and I think for me that was food in a way you know like when I was stressed I would just eat but now you know I've got a pretty good relationship with food and I love going out for dinner and I love cooking so yeah mm, it's great completely Wow, there's so much even in that. So the whole alcohol thing, that's amazing. And have you ever felt pressure to drink? 
do you know what? I think when I went through a period of being single, because I went throughout uni and in a relationship, he used to drink loads, I didn't. And I found it fine because I'm actually somebody that thrives on energy. So if people around me have good energy, then I can dance and be happy and laugh and be great. If people around me don't have good energy, then I, or the music's bad, then I'm like, okay, I want to go home. So energy has been a massive thing for me. I have not necessarily felt pressured, but what I have found is that when I was single, people didn't really want to go on dates if you don't drink or they were weird about it. So what I used to do is I used to pretend, they'd be like, oh, let's get a shot. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. And I'd just like chuck it over my shoulder. That was my trick. Yeah, so there were those things, but I think I have confidence in that. And to be honest, being sober is so trending. Like, look at that, you know? Like, everyone talks about that. Like, doesn't Spencer Matthews have a podcast on, like, like sobriety, basically, you know? It is amazing that people are now speaking about it and making it normal. Yeah. And, like, making it acceptable. Yeah, totally. Um, I had a nutritionist on just before Christmas, and she was saying how, obviously, back, like, a few, maybe years ago, there were studies showing that, like, a glass of wine a day was probably good for you. And now they're showing it now. It's not. It's not. Really? It's not. Yeah, there's so many negatives to drinking. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not a big drinker, but I do drink, and, like, I like to let my hair down, have some fun, la, 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 which you can still do whether you want to drink or Not, not. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, I was like, wow. And I, I do see it in terms of, she was saying how, like, obviously sleep's really impacted, mental sharpness is really impacted, um, the way that your liver uh, kind of um, processes the toxins, mm-hmm. and we are exposed to more toxins now. So there's so many reasons yeah, why yeah. alcohol just isn't good. But I found that, yeah, really, really interesting. And what you mentioned about binging as well is so, so true and interesting that if you have, for example, chocolate a little bit every day, you don't, binge, yeah. you, don't need, you don't need to binge, yeah. You don't need to binge. 100%. But I think sometimes it takes time to get to that. I think if you want to go through those experimentation moments of working out what works for you, what doesn't, have those unhealthy relationships, that's fine. You have unhealthy relationships with, with partners, with yeah. work, with every element of your life to then find the perfect balance, whatever that balance is. And then once you get there, like that's the important sure. thing. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm completely with you on all of that. Yeah. God, we've touched on so many different I know, topics. I know, literally just, love it. Love it. Right, we have a final question, yeah. again about food. And it's going to be, what's your last meal? Starter, main course, dessert. What would it be? Okay, start, don't kill me because you're the vegan. And the, oh, also, no, it's fine. It's your last meal. Okay, but it's also, fine. my starter, you're going to really kill me because my fiancé said to me, he was like, he hates the fact that I do this because he went and watched a film about it. You know what I'm going to say? Octopus. Oh, oh my god! I know. I'm really sorry. It's I haven't okay. seen the octopus teacher, but I, I know. Have, like, I yeah, he, he, that's what put him off eating it. So it'd have to be something like octopus carpaccio, which I absolutely mm. love. And then I think for main course, it would have to be lobster linguine because oh. I love love a bit of lobster. And then I think for dessert, I don't know what it's called, right? But it's this specific dessert where you have like a giant cookie and then it has like the melting chocolate in the middle that's hot. Do you know the one oh, that I'm talking God, about? It's, like, it's kind of like a fondant, but it's but not yeah, fondant. Yeah, but the cookie. cookie, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking about. And then like some pistachio ice cream on the top. Pistachio ice cream is so underrated. Yeah, it's so underrated. Yeah, it is the best. Rona, thank you so much for no coming worries, on. I feel pleasure. like we've thrown so many different things here at the yeah. table, but I feel like you speak so honestly and openly online about so many things that I've seen that I was like, I want to get you here and just fire them all at you and thank just you. have a big old debate oh, and discussion because, I mean, this podcast is about all things like health, wellness, but like all these things link to wellness, like 100%. our mental health, how we feel in our body, body positivity, how we, we are perceived by others yeah, around sure. us. So... Thank you for being so honest. Thank thank you you. for coming. And yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Value is the word for this podcast this year as I want to bring you amazing guests and talk about amazing topics that really, really bring value to your everyday. So in return, please keep supporting, click the follow and subscribe button, give us a rating and just keep spreading the word. Thank you so much and see you again next week.